Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... What helps social business entrepreneurs to become more circular is that they are problem-driven. Whatever they do, their entire business is built around looking at how we can solve problems. Yes. Problem-solving businesses, very in traditional business, the focus is around how can we make more profit. And that prevents us from really seeing where the solutions could lie in. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. My name is Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. We have a special episode today because we're in Turin or Torino in Italy for the Global Social Business Summit. And I'm here with the CEO of the Unis Environment Hub, Christina Jaeger. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you here and to be here in this beautiful city, standing in the sun. You might hear some birds cheeping and it's a great day to be here at the summit. Christina, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So, Christina, let's start with your background. What was it that got you into social business and ultimately starting up and leading the Unis Environment Hub? I think it was throughout my studies. Like, I studied political science and economics, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. I was always very passionate about the environment because mm. I'm a very nature-loving person, outdoor person. I grew up, like as a child, we were always sent out to play in nature. My grandparents, they come from the countryside. Nice. It was really difficult for me to find the career path for me, which usually like the universities show to you. Yeah. I didn't see myself working in politics. I didn't see myself working for business. Yeah. I was always very interested into entrepreneurship. And then I came across Professor Mohamed Yunus and I learned about social business. And that was for me the moment, wow, this is where I can combine both business with doing good. And that's what we're doing at Yunus Environment Hub now. We are solving environmental challenges through the power of entrepreneurship. Amazing. So there was like a moment where things clicked. Exactly. Yeah. And when was that and what did that lead you to do? Did you start by getting out there and getting experience within another organization? Did you look to study in the field or how did you get started? Yeah. So basically that was the moment where I thought, how could I get best exposure to that and learn how I could do it and learn those skills? Because mm. at that time it was towards the end of my studies. I felt I was too unexperienced. Yeah. And then I decided, at that point of time, I thought it was a crazy idea, but I just booked the flight ticket and went to Bangladesh. Love it. Because I wanted to learn <laughs> how Professor Yunus was doing that. Yeah. And I went to the websites and I saw that they offer study programs with Ramin Bank, which yeah. was his first social business venture. Yeah. And I got trained on how microfinance works. Uh, and it. through that, I got exposure also to the other social businesses and got eventually introduced to Unicenter, which is like the hub in Bangladesh. Yes. And I asked if I could work there and they accepted me and then I was working there for a while, learning all about what his work was about. Then later on, I joined another Grameen organization that's based in Europe yep. called Grameen Creative Lab, who's organizing this fantastic summit Lovely. that we're here. I was in charge of organizing that for a couple of years. Yep. 
before I then wanted to focus back on my passion, which is the environmental topic, focus on one problem that was bothering me a lot at the time, mm. which was plastic pollution. Yes. All of the plastic packaging that we are creating and that's ending up in the oceans eventually. Yeah. And from that, we started to develop the first programs around designing social business solutions that mm. prevent plastic waste or help people in countries where the waste management doesn't work that well or yes. how to improve the collection and the recycling. From that, we then further basically developed the basis of a UNIS Environment Hub. Lovely. And now we have a huge portfolio of different programs where we support social business entrepreneurs working in various fields from circular economy, carbon neutral businesses. We have even programs in the Amazon where we are going next to, Sounds amazing. to address uh, deforestation. And so you said you've been working on the idea of this Environment Hub for at least six years, but you started a couple of years ago, is that correct? Exactly. With all this in business, right, you first need to start with an idea, a concept, yeah. try out things. We also had to reach out to find partners with whom we could work with. Yes. And while we started this within Grooming Creative Lab, where we then set this Environment Hub is now an, an entity mm. within it, where we are trying out these different things. Over the time, the business unit has grown so much, with so much interest, that we said, okay, it's time, and that actually there's also the need yes, <laughs> yeah. with making it a separate entity, create some sort of spin-off, and yep. since two years, Eunice Environment Hub is now an entity of its own, so to say. Amazing. Trying to accelerate climate action around the world. And you've got projects in Kenya, you've had them in Ethiopia and Asia as well. What have been some of the standout projects? We have one program in Kenya at the moment that I find particularly interesting. It's a program where we invite social business entrepreneurs and we help them to explore and develop strategies to become more circular. Mm. So here we're not working with social business entrepreneurs who are already working in the circular economy. They might come from various sectors. Some yeah. work on healthcare or education, but we look at their operations, at their business model nice. and try to circularize, which is, I think, super interesting and also needed because we need yeah. everyone to join in for the circular economy. We are now expanding that program to for other countries that we are very excited about. And eventually we can bring this even to other places in the world. Fantastic. That's really exciting. So what have you seen as some of the main standout things these businesses that you're working with are, are challenged by? Where do you see commonalities there and some of the advice or experience that you've learned from working with them that other businesses could apply? And it may be just in becoming more circular. It might be in how they sustain themselves. What are you seeing? What helps social business entrepreneurs to become more circular is that they are problem-driven. Whatever they do, their entire business is built around looking at how we can solve problems. Yes. Problem-solving businesses, where in traditional business, the focus is around how can we make more profit. That prevents us from really seeing where the solutions could lie in. And that's why it's more challenging for them. What I love is to combine both. So we also work with corporates at big companies. Yes and where we engage them with the social business sector through various formats. For example, we have one format where we invite a social business entrepreneur who has a challenge at the moment, yep. and he or she presents it to a group of people, like employees from a company. The company employees brainstorm and help to think of solutions, mm. which they feel good about because they contributed to something that creates societal good. But it's also interesting for the company because this problem thinking process helps the employees to take back some ideas and thoughts into the core business of that company. Lovely. Yeah. 
Excellent. And for the early stage entrepreneurs out there, those that may be where you were perhaps six, seven years ago, looking at what are those ideas? How do we test them? How do I perhaps take this to market? What would that one piece of advice be for those very early stage social entrepreneurs? I would say resilience. Because it's really hard at the beginning. Usually at the very beginning, people are very excited because they see a problem, they have an idea, they're conceptualizing something. But then it it really takes a lot of time. And often you run against a lot of doors because I don't know if it's either funding or you need some technology or something that where you have your first barrier that you need to climb over. Yes, yeah. And I see many of them studying very enthusiastically. And at some moment where it's getting hard, they get frustrated and then they stop. Their resilience is really needed because it takes time. You really need to be a crazy person to really achieve it. And it's something that really keeps you going because that's what it takes. Do you think then passion at the core behind that, a deep understanding of that problem is fundamental as well? Also, that's what I'm seeing with many social business entrepreneurs, that they either have a direct personal connection to the problem or in their closer friends and family circle. If not, it could also be something that you're just passionate about. Mm. It's very important that you have the connection to the people who are affected by the problem. As you said, you need to get up every morning and in challenging time, you really need to work on something where you're truly passionate about or else you will not get out of bed again or you say, okay, let's do something else instead. That's easier. <laughs> it's so true. And look, while we're on this topic, speaking out of getting out of bed and resilience and passion, something that we're seeing quite a bit of is ultimately founder well-being or lack of people who are highly driven by a problem that they're passionate about and they keep hitting these walls and barriers. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs to help sustain themselves? One advice is really you need to look after yourself. So it's not sustainable if you're burning yourself. So it's important to make breaks. For example, for me, there was also time in the beginning when we created Unis Environment Hub. I was basically working seven days a week. Yeah, You can do this for a while, but then yeah. so at some point I said, I need to stop this. Weekends, holidays are off and yeah. you need to have a couple of breaks also between. I can relate. And, <laughs> and then also gatherings like this, like the Global Social Business Summit where everyone's coming together. I think these are great boosters for motivation because mm. you can connect with people who yeah. experience the same thing. And through that also then new ideas and connections can be made. Yeah. In the end, what we also need is more support, and especially also more funding to mm. organizations who are building the support structures for entrepreneurs. It's a great point. They very much are cup-filling events, these summits, and after a couple of years of COVID as well, getting out and Mm -hmm. being in front of people again and not behind a Zoom or Teams screen is amazing. What organizations out there do you find particularly inspiring who are working in the space, either supporting enterprises or enterprises themselves? Let me think about that because there are are probably too many fantastic organizations out there. So trying to Um, choose a favorite child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I wanted to pick some of our social business entrepreneurs, but it's it's hard to pick one. I'm going to pick the one who's here at the event because she's amazing. Her name is Madwi and she started a social business in Kenya. They're replacing sanitary hygiene female products, which are creating a lot of waste through reusable pads and a very innovative business model for Mm. a country like Kenya. She's been doing some amazing work around awareness creation and education. And she came all the way from Kenya here to this event. So I think that's really inspiring. And we are trying to help her make some connections in order to scale her business to the next stage. Oh, wonderful. I also love organizations who are working on uh, 
climate tech and trying to connect the technology part with the social part. Because what I'm seeing around the era of climate action is that on the one hand side, we have focus on technology, which is very important yeah. to scale, like really to the solutions that we need in order to get a minimum chance of getting away with all of the the doom that the climate crisis is creating. On the other hand side, the social sector, where we are missing technology to quite an extent, I would say, yeah. because the focus is very much on the societal part. And I think we need to marry both. That's also actually one of the plans that I have for UNOS Environment Hub. Bring the technology work closer to the social innovation work mm. so that we can get to scalable climate tech solutions that have a deep social component in it. That's also what I'm missing in the circular economy discussions a lot. It's always about the economic potential, the ecological benefit. What about the social one? I miss this component. Yeah. So organizations who are trying to bring that together these are the ones that I'm particularly interested in at the moment. Lovely. And so to end things off, what resources or books or blogs would you recommend to the audience to help them in some way? There is, of course, Professor Yunus' books that are super inspiring. Yep. Like his latest book is on creating a world of three zeros. Yep. Zero net carbon emissions, zero unemployment and zero poverty. Yes. I think my most favorite book of him is, however, the one that's called Building Social Business because it really talks in a very simple way on how to get started in setting up mm. a social business. Yes. Other than Professor Yunus' books, I can recommend a book called Factfulness from Hans Rosling that he I is think amazing. is amazing. It was, was amazing. Yeah. About presenting and understanding figures, which I think is very important also when you want to set a social business because mm. you first need to analyze and understand the problem that you want to solve. I think he was very talented in the way on how he transported these messages. And that's also something that I see that the world needs right now. When it comes to climate, we need a new communicative narrative because right now it's too much set by political agenda setting mm. or used too much by political agenda setting. And we really need to create this new narrative because often people, they don't see the connection of their daily lives and their interactions yes. to our climate crisis. Yeah. Well, that's a wonderful way to finish it. There's been some great insights there, Christina. So thanks so much for joining us and good luck with the upcoming projects and we'll look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.